0: Welcome to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. I'm your host, Mark Rigonato, and with me as always... Richie Byrne. Mark, I'll see you later. Thanks for doing the show.
1: See you
0: later. As soon as we came on, I just looked at your face because we've been doing it three years and you still get surprised every single time.
1: I'm like a dog when you come home at night.
0: I I was staring at you waiting for you to be... (laughs)
1: <laughs> that guy's here again <laughs> I
0: can't believe it um, So uh, we got a really special uh, episode today I'm, I'm super excited but I'm bummed Because here in uh, two minutes I'm going to have to pop out uh, I got to go pick up Axel from the bus stop And then uh, I'll be back to join you guys um, We have a sp- um, yeah. So
1: run out and get his kid Because he's a good dad <laughs> Whatever
0: Well, they don't know that I've been day drinking all day So, <laughs> you know They don't know What do they know? I, uh,
1: we're going to jump over to Twitch We're on Facebook right now But we're going to we're gonna get out of Facebook We're going to jump over to Twitch Right there, twitch.tv slash drinks, jokes And the letter N, storytelling And when we come back, it'll be me and Tom I don't want anyone to get nervous Go, what happened? Why does Mark look different? And have a better voice
0: Yeah
1: <laughs> It'll be me and Tom, and um, I just let them know what Twitch it is. But uh, hi, Marie. Thank you,
0: Marie. See, Marie got my back.
1: One more time, guys. Twitch.tv backslash drinks, jokes, the letter N, storytelling. That's where you can find us. Uh, When we come back, you won't find Mark because he's got to go pick up his kid. But uh, we're going to have a great show. Vanessa Hollingshead is here. And what do you say? You want to get over now? Want to get over? Yeah, let's
0: pop over now, and then I'll be ready for it. waiting on a bus stop, Mark. I I know. know. In the rain, too. (laughs) All right. uh... Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Because they may take our
1: lives, but they'll never take our freedom. Why so serious? Uh,
0: but what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills I've acquired for a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. Well, I'm not good at you. I want you to get mad. You've got
1: to say, it. I'm a human being.
2: Hey, how are you, sir? It's so nice to see you.
1: Finally, finally, the way I've wanted the show for three years.
2: <laughs> Thank God we got rid of that nerd. That idiot. <laughs> how are you? I'm doing good, sir. How I'm doing up? good. I'm I'm feeling really good about our guest today. She is so funny. I really? feel like it's an unfair advantage that I know so much about her.
1: <laughs> Do you see what Mark wrote? I hear you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Damn the nerds still listening. <laughs> Good yeah, to see you out there. So
1: you, let me get this straight. Now he he left. You're jumping in to fill his place, but he'll be back. But I heard you say that you did a lot of a lot of work on are, I, just, okay. I mean, I just like to get to
2: know who we're gonna have on the cast, and she has such an exciting life. Like, she didn't enter comedy super early. She lived so much before that. Like, her dad no. has such interesting stories. There's there's so much to dig into. It's gonna. Now, be so I good.
1: I didn't enter comedy early either, but I had nothing interesting in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I was twenty six. I was older, which is old in comedy.
2: Yeah. You know?
1: But yeah, I love. I, I've known. I've known Vanessa a long time. She's a tremendous comedian. You want to get her out here? You ready? Yeah, I'm
2: ready for it. Let's you know out here with her? this. Well, go ahead. Give her the intro. Let, let everybody
1: know who doesn't know already. Guys, she's a tremendous comic. She can be seen all over New York City. Now that's reopening, thank God. Uh, Stand up New York. She comics. strips. She works everywhere. And uh, she's a dear friend of Mark and a good friend of me, and we're so happy to have her. Give it up for the one, the only Vanessa Hollingshead. How about it? Woo! Hey.
3: Thank
4: you, thank you, and thank you for just such a warm uh, welcome and introduction. You're I'm really looking. I don't usually like doing podcasts, but this one, I just feel like I'm I'm with my friends. You know.
1: Oh well, cool. Well, thank you. That means a lot to us. We, yeah. We've been—it's that's—we've had that happen before, where Mark, either Mark or I, have called someone and said, "Hey, can you come on the podcast?" They're like, "Well, I normally don't like to do them, but it's you guys, I'll do." And that always right. makes me feel so good, you know? Right? Uh, no, I, I
4: mean, when I was doing, I think it was either I think it was Ziggy's or One Eye Jacks or one of them, and you came in the room, you lit up the whole room, Richie. Like everybody was laughing, like everyone was doing their five minutes, kind of funny, sometimes not so funny, and then you just. Took it to another level. You made it oh, you made man. it
1: a really nice evening. When it, it felt like a night. It was funny because um I had a gig. This is probably what October, right. you had to get ready for a gig. Yeah. I had a gig. So the uh this place does workshop, <laughs> just call it that. And um I I started going there because I wanted to get on stage a little bit, even though. And everybody in the room when I was going there for the first two weeks were new comics, new Long Island comics, young guys who are. And then I walked in one night and it was you, Chris Monty, Rick Walker, uh, Joe Curry. And all of a sudden I go, when I got on stage, I go, you could tell things might be opening up because every established comic just showed up to come in here. To... I know. I thought it was so funny. We were desperate. Yeah. It's just, and, and it is a great. Well you people don't understand that you can't stand in front of your mirror and do comedy. You have even in that situation where it's other comics, it helps to just get up and do it. You know right. that way and have right. some sort of feedback. You know, and well, what I talked about it is, I don't know if you know this, Vanessa, but you can turn on that and say, "Hey, uh, do this joke. Do it." The, you. Because it's a workshop. So you can actually interrupt somebody and go, you know what? Try this. And and I really enjoyed. it. I may go tonight. I might go tonight again. It's Because next week, New York opens up, baby, April 2nd.
4: I know. And I'm getting my shot, my vaccine on the 31st at the Javits Center. Are you really? Yeah. And people are like, aren't you afraid of the side effects? I'm like, well, no, I mean, my main side effect I don't want to have is to get it and to die, you know, so I will risk <laughs> bleeding from my eyes if I stay alive.
1: I, well, I have a friend, you know, I have the friends who are anti-vaxxers. Yeah. And I have the friends, uh, and my one friend the other night goes, do you know what I put into my body when I was in my 20s? Right. He's like, I know it can't be anything in this. That was worse than what I was doing to myself. Back How many times
4: were you at a disco and someone said, here, try this.
2: And you just did.
4: And you did it. Now, all
1: of a sudden we're health conscious. So crazy. Yeah. I mean, I also have a few friends who think that they're, uh, they're going to monitor you, that there's, there's a way to, you know, the government can watch what you're doing. And I go, right. yeah, it's called a cell phone. That's with it's the- like
4: they're watching that. Yeah, they put a chip. My yeah. friend said, good, because I'm forgetting shit. They can go put as yeah. many chips in as they want. <laughs> Where,
1: where's my keys? Oh wait, check yeah. the satellite. Yeah. Check the satellite. Uh, well, everybody, you know, I'm like I, I always say, I go, if you want to follow me, go ahead. I mean there's yeah. Not much you're going to get out of it. I mean, if this yeah. is how we're going to spend our tax money following me around, go ahead. You know.
4: Yeah, they'd be like, man, she sure likes hitting tennis balls by herself in a park, you know? <laughs> There's something so pathetic about playing, hitting, practicing tennis against the wall by yourself and listening to only the lonely, you know? You want to make the most out of everything.
1: <laughs> yes, thank you. You do. You have to tell those people they're not that interesting. Right. Uh, so, so do you feel like we're getting to the other side of this now, or what, what do you think?
4: Do we, Do I feel what that we're getting to the other side? Yes. Uh, it, well, when I, you know Carol Montgomery, right? Yes. Yes, I love this woman, and. Yes. Um, she always seems to have, she's always, she keeps everything in perspective and on the level and seems, and has a great head for business. And she says, we're talking, we might be okay April 2022. I agree and with
1: I'm that. Yeah. She goes, no. Yeah. I agree with that, but I think it's not like we're going to wake up in April of 2022 and it's going to be like, bam. I mean, as we're moving along, it's getting more and I think we're going to, I mean, yes. I, I'm a little worried they keep talking about these other strains that right. are right,
4: especially from Brazil, the new Brazilian strain. Yeah,
1: Brazil, this Brazil strain, which you know, which I heard uh, has no pubic hairs, but um,
4: <laughs> that's a good joke, and you get a nice ass out of it. Like, all right, I'll get
1: that strain. Yeah, <laughs> I don't mind, <laughs> <like the Brazilian laughs> <We got> <laughs> oh, but um. Yeah, I mean, they keep talking about the new strains. Now he's
4: now he's and now he's uh you know flushing.
1: Who, me? Yeah. I am. I am. Irish Catholic. I, I am Irish. You're right. That's very Irish Catholic. So uh, yeah, but I I, I understand what Carol's saying. Carol actually was on our other show. We do a show called the Roundtable. Yes. And, and we had we did a show on women. Of a certain age, funny women of a certain age. Right. We were going to have you on, but we realized it was ten days ago. We didn't want to have you on then, and then have you on People now. People
4: think I'm of a certain age, but I'm not. I'm thirty. I just had a really awful life, and no one. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but the good thing about that is you could, you know, you could, you get work either way. You could be, yeah, I'm over fifty. No, I'm under fifty. I don't just give me the job. I'll do. I'll do when well, you here up, I look
4: thirty. That's the only thing I like about the COVID mask. But, but this really happened. I actually wrote a joke because uh, you know how everyone reeks of hand sanitizer? Mm-hmm. So every time I go on the elevator and there's someone on there, I, I wind up missing my alcoholic dad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I, uh, I I had to give up cigars because my mask all reeked of cigars. I'm like, right. man, is that what I smell like? Jesus. So, <laughs> but, um, you uh, do you have any gigs book coming up? Do you have anything? Oh,
4: anything? let me. My my uh my calendar right now looks like Joan Rivers when she had to show her calendar and it was kind of empty. Um, <laughs> no, I've got a couple gigs coming up here and there. I've got some Zoom shows coming up, and, you have, and how do you love that. I've been teaching comedy to students, and they're really, you know, I had no idea how much I love teaching because I was working on ships for almost four years. I was on Norwegian, and I was on a uh, Royal caribbean and then uh, laughing buddha hired me to teach and then i worked i did a stint with aha broadway and working with sos comedy which is a long island run uh, heather Learman runs it and then she has a an sos comedy mic every sunday so i've got a uh, 32 students starting next week
1: and talk to you, you know, know what? I'm glad you brought this up because people have asked me about hey you and should
4: he's be sharp because i got to get them funny so i got to right. I can't be thinking what I'm wearing and what I'm eating when I'm listening to five minutes of their material.
1: What, <laughs> what does the class consist of? How does it work? How many weeks is it? Five is it- weeks, and then
4: you get a showcase. And for and you've got your choice. Because um, I tried to see, because there's so many comedians that just started doing Zoom, and they suddenly think that they can headline.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, or that
4: the real world out there won't be. Like, you can't, someone can't. Just say, hey, you're not funny. You could just mute them. You can't do that in a real club. Mm-hmm. So I'm teaching a tight five, preferably on the side. But if you want to do dirty, fine. But it's got to be interesting. You know, do irreverent dirty stuff. Um, and then a lot of them don't know about PC or they're overly PC or they get offended mm-hmm. so easily. So I'm teaching a class on a, a tight five minutes from your own point of view. And then I'm teaching crowd crowd work, hosting, and heckling. So I want to help them develop heckle lines when they get out the real world, and uh, the stuff isn't flying. And how to do, you know, how to deal with. I mean, some hecklers are a lot of fun. They're drunk. They just want to be part of the show. Yeah. So instead of saying something nasty, you know, you say something humorous. You know, you you play with them. That's all they want is a little bit of attention.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really good. I think that's that's even how this works. Like as far as like the online stuff. So we're on the Twitch platform right now. People come in here and they make jokes and they want to try to be funny. And I feel like it's you could either yes. embrace it and twist it around on them, or you could take offense right. and be and try to shut them out. I think you're better off showing that you have the superior intellect. You're like you could take it and turn it around to your well, advantage.
4: Well, I do describe a drunk guy, you know, talking to me, saying something. I go, you know what, uh, Herbie, what? That's your name, right? You're not too smart. I like that in a man. You know, so you are being insulted. <laughs> and shut down at the same time. You know, so I'm complimenting them and insulting them at the same time.
1: Yeah. What
4: and, what you know, how do
1: you teach how do you teach dealing with a heckler?
4: Well, when I I'm going to make my I've never taught a class on heckling. I'm going to say what's the worst thing you never want to be told that that you dread? I mean, I know comedians that said I stopped doing comedy because I couldn't take one more person telling me how ugly I was. And that Made me feel terrible for this person, but she goes, "I can't, I can't do it anymore. I can't be told I'm ugly." And it happens to women; it doesn't really happen to men. Um, no, I,
1: I don't think it happens. I, that's odd. Yeah, I can't imagine. Can you imagine me it's such an asshole that you're sitting in a group of people and there's someone on stage and you're yelling out, "Boy, you're ugly!" I mean, and that's- they're
4: funny. On top of which, they're funny, and bright, yeah. and good yeah. comics. And she said, "I can't." I can't i can't i don't i don't have it in me to to, to to deal with it anymore so she stopped doing it um so I would say what are the worst things and because it's in a class I would get all the comments all the things people were afraid of and then I'd have them write their own heckle lines original heckle lines so like I don't go to McDonald's and tell you how to make hamburger, you know something you know
3: yeah.
4: acting like a dick you use condoms you're acting like a dick put one over your mouth like it won't be so that they'll come up with five um, heckle lines which will protect them. So that when it's almost like you have armor. It's almost like you're waiting for someone to mess with you because mm-hmm. you got five ways to shut them up. So, um, and then just crowd work because so many comedians, they do their set. They're not in touch with the audience. Mm-hmm. Because, and once, I mean, how many times have you had a great set because someone in the front row just got a kick out of you? And mm-hmm. your set went from being good to being stupendous because you were in the moment. So that's what, I don't know if I could teach it to them, but I'm going to try and teach them in the five weeks that class.
1: Interesting. Yeah. You know what I found is, uh, and I've said this to comics, when uh, what's one of the keys? And I go, don't talk over them. Talk to them. Right. Right. So when you're on stage, it's easy to go over. And when you're talking, I'm not even sure how to explain that, but you know what I mean. And I've yeah. noticed in the past year now, when I get up, it, I'm talking over them again. And I, because i haven't done it enough you know right. what i mean right yeah,
4: we're it, out of you have to practice
1: you the sense of conversation that you have to have with an audience you know that they don't All even of know
4: that's you been know. taken away from us like no one knows unless you're an artist the sadness that i mean i used to do i would do 17 shows a week i went from 17 shows a week i was getting ready i was prepared after i did funny women of a certain age we had a years worth of work a whole year and then may 16th march 16th everything ended the way i knew it mm-hmm. so i had to find ways to you know and keep your spirits up i mean um you know a lot of comedians like drink and drug uh you know just because they get rejected so much let alone adding covet to the mix you know it's just right. a hard. You know, we're not meant to be this isolated. And what we do is we love to perform and make people laugh. And all of a sudden, and people will say, "Oh, yeah, don't worry, work will come back, or it'll be good, or you know, just write about it." Yeah, what do you write about? Looking right. at a wall, wanting to commit suicide, staring at your cat. What do you write about?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the other thing too is that, and I didn't realize <laughs> it until this is, I'll write something and go, I don't know if this is going to be pertinent when we open up. Like, right. No, I mean, if you're writing something in October, it may not matter in April when we're, you know. So it's just, it's been an interesting year, you know, trying to figure all this shit out as a comic. Uh, Just, you know, because everything just stopped. It just stopped. God, you know. I remember being at Governor's on March 15th. It was a Sunday night and I was doing a guest spot. And Anthony Rodia wanted To share something about our podcast, and I didn't know because I suck at this, I didn't know how to do it. He goes, Give me your phone, and he started doing all and he did everything for me. And then, like, three days later, I remember thinking, Oh my god, he's got a little kid at home. I I hope he didn't, I hope I didn't give him COVID from him touching you know what I mean? Like, that's
4: that's, right, yeah, yeah, you
1: know, we were that frightened. That's a year ago, that's a year ago, it's hard to believe, you
4: know. And then you talk to people that you find out that comics that you knew have died because of COVID. Yeah. You no, know, and everyone. I was that very cavalier. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to get. it. I'll be fine. I do the mask, and uh, you know, I've now talked to several people that I've known that have had it real bad, and uh, someone just died, and people have died from it that I've yeah. known.
1: Yeah, I had it. I didn't have it. I just was tired. Yeah. So I got lucky. I got and, lucky. You know. Yeah. Ten years. Just tired, and even after I was better for a long time, I was getting tired easily and people told me yeah that's a side effect you know
4: that's a side effect yeah
1: but, you know but I'm, um, thank god I, i'm fine now you know and uh we'll see i mean i just i'm just so happy to be knowing as soon i can get on a stage again and you know uh, the few times like we talked about i think before we went on we talked about the times i've been on stage in the last year the giving of the audience has been unbelievable You know, I mean, they're so excited to have a show. So all this stuff about like, you're going to teach people how to deal with hecklers. I don't think they're going to get any hecklers for about a year. Right, right.
4: but Then they could do crowd work. I'll focus, you know, and I'll say you might, they might be very happy, but you know, some students I'm working with, some are, you know, have certain medical conditions and it's, they're easy to get picked on. So I want them to be protected.
2: Are they mostly newer comics that have only really been in this virtual realm? Or are they people that are a little bit more seasoned that are attending your classes?
4: I have new and old. um, So it's been really interesting. And then we have the showcase in five weeks. So I just tell the new comedians, you know, write what you know, write something personal. And then I'll just kind of help them punch their material up. I'll tell them what to research, what to look at, what to bring back each week. And I'll tell them a comedian to watch. And I'll tell them to make a minimum of three to six Zoom shows a week.
2: It's great. I yeah. now Leslie's saying hi to you, Richie, out know, here.
1: I'm to figure out which Leslie. Is it Leslie Flammer or Leslie Duncan? Because I know two. He knows so too I many Leslies, this guy.
2: Out. And and we do have the fourth member of this group, or well, the third member, Drink Drokes. Let's bring him back mm-hmm. on in.
3: Hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? Is, is. Actually, you
1: is that Axel? Hey
2: there, there. Axel. Uh, hi, Axel. I,
1: I know where your dad's been. Wear a mask. Yeah. <laughs> Your dad's a dirty, dirty man. <laughs> What's up, Mark?
0: Oh, it is rainy. It is nasty.
1: Yeah. It's,
0: yeah. You, I am. It's Oh, it's, Hi, it's nice, to nice. Nice.
1: To, thank you for watching.
0: You know, I had Peroni beer. I wanted to drink because I was hoping Vanessa was going to do some of our
1: Italian characters. Oh, we, didn't, we haven't done the drinks or the jokes yet. <laughs>
4: Bad. Yeah, and I could okay. do it. No, I love it. I mean, I love Italians. Actually, I went on a date with an Italian guy and he goes, listen, I want you, listen, I want, you, put your wallet away. Put your money away that you're insulting me. That's an insult. So already I like the guy. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want you to get anything you want on that menu. You get anything on that kid's menu you want. You know, you're going to eat a lot women or whatever you call yourselves now.
1: <laughs> well it's funny because my brother was saying like about uh Cuomo and he you he, know he, oh oh really uh, an Italian man who felt the need to like come on to women I've never seen that in all my years growing up you know it's you know
4: no one gives compliments anymore it's like I have to go to Italy for a guy to look at me the right way you
3: know yeah <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> it was cool? like, oh,
4: Listen, I think you're beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, you feel safe. You get a trigger. I don't mean to, uh, you know, no disrespect, but I want to grab your ass. So.
1: <laughs> I was uh, a few years ago, I was walking down Broadway, and there were two women ahead of me. And as I was walking, I, I was walking faster than them, so I was getting around them. As I'm going around them, we passed a group of guys. And a guy yelled out, mommy, come over here, mommy, mommy. And in my head, as I'm walking, I go, I wonder if that's ever worked.
4: Like, I know, right. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, let me give you my number. Yeah, yeah, I have and, no self-esteem. Maybe you can give me some. Yeah, uh, no, like, why don't you come
0: home, meet mom and dad?
4: Right. But you know what? It always would make me feel good. I, I, this really happened. Construction work. I remember telling my uh, a big race, this woman who took care of me when I was a kid, I so said, these construction workers, I was like in my 20s, these construction workers always say something. And she goes, oh, one day, honey, they won't say anything. That's when you're going to be upset.
1: <laughs> That's
2: a good point. Yeah.
1: But, but as I'm going around these women and these guys are like yelling at them, and I'm thinking that one of the women goes to the other one and goes, do you think this has ever worked? And yeah. I go, I like, oh, my God, I, I was just thinking that. Yeah. And we started laughing, and the next thing I knew, I was in a bar with these two women having a drink, and I'm like, pretty much worked for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I just thought that, you know, it's it's just weird. It's kind of like, yeah, oh, I
4: wow. you, you know what, sometimes, it, you know, it's so sad because sometimes you just want to be acknowledged that, you know, that you're attractive or that guys look at you or, you know, you always know you look good when a woman stares you up and down. That's then you know, wow, my suit, my dress, it's working because that woman's giving me a
1: dirty <laughs> look. Now, let me let me you know what, Vanessa, since you brought this up, I want to talk about this. And I know we haven't gotten to any of the to the joke yet or anything that
0: we uh, don't have to. <laughs> this is interesting.
1: Because as a woman, I am I'm as a woman on stage, <laughs> I'm interested. And in it's do you do you worry about your appearance and do you worry am I too dressed am I not dressed enough uh because you know what I've noticed that women get mad if men laugh at other women at times like if if men find women funny it can affect the woman they're with where maybe she'll turn off where I don't think men do that because like men in general just think they're funny so if a guy makes somebody laugh the guy isn't in the audience going oh why is she laughing but I yeah. do think women tend to do that. And I know that sounds sexist, and I hope I'm, that's not what I'm trying to be here. But it just seemed, do you have you felt that in your life, in your career, where, oh, man, I'm making this guy laugh, but the girl he's with seems to be getting angry about it?
4: Uh, and then I, well, I mean, I always try and do jokes that I immediately get the women on my side when I start doing comedy and get them laughing so they already like me. So that when the men come, along, the men will just come along. I always make the women matter. I always try and make myself like men friendly, but women positive. So yeah. you know, the first thing I'll do is I'll make fun of my hair, what I'm wearing, so you immediately know I'm I'm insecure as hell, and most women are. And usually, I'll wear something that's that's dark. George Carlin always wore black, so like in a homage to George Carlin, I'll always wear black, so that you focus on the face. And then sometimes I noticed when I first started doing comedy, I was very insecure. I would wear an army jacket or a jacket. And as I got more and more sure of myself, I was able to dress more femininely because I was confident about myself as a woman. But I've had women get jealous of me, get weird to me. And you know, I, I've always had so much love and support from women. So it's always been unusual when that happens.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And in England, it was really interesting. When you perform in America, if if a, if a woman laughs in America, the guy will usually follow. In England, the woman would always wait for the guy to start laughing before she would laugh. It
1: was just very strange. So in England, it's kind of like the model here, the women wait for the men to.
4: Yeah, they wait for the <laughs> men. So, know, she was quite funny. Oh, oh, okay, I guess I can laugh, yes. <laughs>
0: I think it's. Uh, I've noticed like a lot of meatheads. If, if, uh, like it, there'll be a meathead at the show sitting up front, and the girl will laugh and they like take offense to it. Really?
1: Like, oh, I haven't really.
0: There'll be the like, she'll laugh and they'll be like this look. Like, <laughs> <You're> like <laughs> you know, there's going to be yeah. trouble. <laughs> this guy's going to It's not funny. Yeah. <laughs> This guy's not funny. And you're like, uh, like, uh, relax, buddy. You can beat me up. You win.
4: (laughs) And it's hard, like, as a woman, like, guys can go on the road. Male comedians can go on the road and have no problem meeting, you know, a waitress, someone in the audience. You make a woman laugh, you basically – you know she's very happy it's she a woman is very happy with a guy with a sense of humor but when a woman has a sense of humor the guy immediately thinks he gets intimidated like is she gonna make fun of my penis and it's like no I'm, i'm gonna be happy if i could like see one once in a while you know we're not like this we really i don't go you know most women given the opportunity are just women they just this is what we do for a living but you know Put the microphone down. We like to cook, clean, have a good time, and be a girl.
1: Yeah. The guy's worried he's going to end up in bed with you. You're going to be like, is this thing on? Yeah. Is this
4: (laughs) thing Is that a pencil? (laughs) I've seen mushrooms bigger than that shit.
1: (laughs) I think I got the light. I think I got the light.
4: Is it in? What?
3: (laughs) So.
0: That's you know the, that's the uh, and it could be any situation as soon as somebody finds out you're a comic. Yeah. It's the So is this going to end up in one of your skits?
4: Well, this- it depends on how you treat me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and they always
4: say no, no, and then I'm like, well, if this doesn't work out, yes, it will. But what I do because the men that I've dated, they've always had kids, or I've always protected them. So any guy that I've made fun of. They've always become a, a, a character. They've always like become either Italian-Italian, German-German, English-English, and they could be as American as the day is long, but out of respect for their family and out of respect for them, I would never Oh, that's cool. And I, I would never they wouldn't even know that they would know when they would hear the joke. They'd be like,
2: <laughs>
4: "I know where she got that from." You know, I
2: mean, <laughs> that's got to be flattering so though because really it's like ha- in the song.
4: Well, this really happened. I was with this one guy and this was um this was a long time ago and I got one of the best jokes out of it, but it really happened. I had uh, been about 19 months since I was intimate. Can you say? Can you swear on the show? Can yeah, you say? Of you know, yeah, absolutely. 19 months, and I was since I was intimate. So I go over to his, you know, I go. So it's been a long time. We're friends. We've been friends for like six years. I'm like, this might actually work out, you know, because we're friends. Give it a shot. Uh, I was drinking very heavily at the time, and I go over to his place, and uh, you know, I give him a, a blow job, and uh, he's really high. And um, I'm like, all right. He goes, I'm going to take a shower. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm thinking that's kind of strange. And I'm a little bit hungry. I smoked the pot, so I eat half of his hamburger, not thinking he'll mind. Right? He comes out of the shower, pissed off, and he's like, Hey, what'd you do? You just ate half my hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> I just sucked all your cock. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: I think that's I a, a fair trade.
4: hamburger it's and sucked after cock, but I didn't. You know it why? Because I'm a lady.
1: <laughs> <laughs> tom jones wrote a song about you for God's sake. Right. In, all, in all fairness i really wanted that hamburger
4: <laughs> <laughs> Every time we get back on stage there'd always be an MC going one more time for vanessa and uh man i'm sorry about that hamburger you know so, yeah. I, was, I would never take it personally but um no that really happened i took one bite out of his hamburger and he was like that's so weird. I'm like, you're Italian. What do you care about me eating food? Are you, are you going to offer to get me dinner? That's what Italians do. They like feed you. She's like, no, that's weird. I said, no, that's what's really weird is that you're so high that having a hamburger and me having a bite is more weird than than you and me being intimate. You better like cut down on your pot. Because the last time I checked, if a guy could have his dick sucked or have a hamburger, he'd settle for his dick sucked. <laughs> I would growing up.
3: I would have <laughs> been mad the shower. After
4: then, I'm trying to stay calm in the cab, and there's an Indian guy, and it's everything. I'm trying not to cry. I'm all upset, I'm trying not to cry, and uh, you know, I want to ask him. I'm like, you know, so I the joke now. I do. I then I add it with the the Indians. Like, listen, sir, can I ask you something? if you could have your dick sucked have a hamburger, what would you pick? He's like, I, I do not know. I do not know. <laughs> <laughs> just I had a really rough night. Dick sucked hamburger? I am Indian. The cow is sacred. Okay, <laughs> hypothetically. I not no, not by you. You're very angry. I'd be afraid to bite the no. Anyway, I got home in 10 minutes, left him a great tip. So that was the joke I used. That was, can't even do the Indian bit now, but all of that was based on a true
3: story. And I
4: told my friend, my my writing partner, said, Could you believe that? He got all upset with my hamburger. And I and I gave him a blowjob. She's like, you know why? And I said, Why? She goes, because you're a lady. (laughs) So I came up at the end. You know, it was just a talk. And I was I I (laughs) nearly fell on the sidewalk laughing so hard. So I knew that's how I had something. (laughs) So that's how these jokes come, you know? Yeah, and then he contacted me later on. He's like, "Hey, can I make it up to you?" I'm like, "No, you can't." But I'll tell you, you gave me one of the best jokes I ever had, so thank you.
3: <laughs> so he you will live on. I
4: see him around. He like, you know, it's like a, it's a wink. But I never have said his name, nor would I ever put him in that situation.
1: Interesting. Wow. <laughs> We're all like wiped out from that story. That's We're all like, you no. Know. Wow. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well,
1: let's talk about uh, let's talk about your women of a certain age. What, what was that like, uh, Carol's Show? Uh, certain women, uh, funny women of a certain age. Uh, did you do the first one or the second one? The first one. Yeah. Okay. And uh, what was that like? To get take us to like what? I mean, a Showtime. That's such a big deal. It's such a big event. Were you, um, Carol, at the show? is the weirdest thing I was working
4: on the ships they'd always like have something to say that vanessa you're a little too edgy or you can't say this you can't say that so carol had said come down to the crane theater it's a woman show funny you know waka women of a certain age would you do a show and i was depressed that day i was trying to go keto you know when you give up sugar everything that's sweet you just want to eat everything in sight <laughs> Uh, it's raining. My hair is into the cosmos. I'm like Carol. Can I just say anything? Do I have to like watch what I say every time I turn around? I, they're telling me what I can and can't say on these ships. I don't even know if they're going to use me. And everything I say, they cherry pick. No, you can make fun of the British, but you can't make fun of the Indian. You can make fun of the French, but you can't make fun of the Germans. Like I got, I would always get told what I can and can't say. So she's like, "Yeah, anything you want." So there's uh, nine people at this at this waka show. I go past this bakery and they got like a an almond croissant this big. And I'm like, oh fuck it. Fuck it. I'm like, hey, I don't care. I'm gonna eat what I want, do what I want, I don't care anymore. So I'm now in the dressing room, I'm taking this, eating this croissant after maybe three weeks of no sugar. I tell you, this was like having crack and ecstasy and sex at the same <laughs> time. This is so unbelievable. It, was, it <laughs> was like unbelievable. So I get on stage, I am wired. And uh, I do my jokes to all these people, and I do my French porn bit. You know, I do my porn bit. And um, they're laughing. I'm joking with the girls in the front row. I'm, I'm teasing. And uh, Carol said, um, I didn't tell you this, but that was nine people from Showtime.
3: No way.
4: Wow. Yeah. And I said, Carol, if you would have told me before, I would have been like like Jackie Gleason in The Honeymooners. You know, hum, 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 right? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't have done it. But she didn't <laughs> yeah. tell me, and then she said, "Listen, they love that show. We might be getting Showtime." I said, "Great." And she then she said, "We did the New York Comedy Festival," and she said, "We're getting Showtime, and it's because of your French porn bit."
2: Ha! nice.
4: I said, "The That's- porn, bam, bam, bam." God, she went, "Yeah." So, uh, and that was again to a true story. I was dating this guy. And I'm cleaning up his apartment, and I see this gap bag, and I pull it out. It's all porn. And I'm like, oh, okay. And it was the sickest porn I'd ever seen. And I'm like, what the fuck do you guys watch? Like, it looked like a plunger from a toilet. Like, we couldn't believe it. What you guys look at? <laughs> Because women, when we see porn, it's like, do you want me to take my clothes off or keep them on? Or what do you want me to do? Yeah. You know, so it's so stupid. Uh, pizza delivery guys, you know, oh, yes, It's always good. like a storyline. It's not like, yeah, baby, want to fuck you good. You know, it's like, I don't know what you guys what you guys find this. So that became my porn bit. And I had to say to him, I said, I cleaned up. And uh, I didn't mean to look through your... Yeah, but um and he's like, Oh yeah. I'm like, no, 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 it's okay. It's what you like, it's, it's good, it's good. So that became that was how I came up with my porn bit that ended up getting me showtime. So the well, irony
0: that it was in a bag that said the word gap on it.
4: Yeah. Right, <laughs> right. I know. I thought it was like a pair of slacks. I didn't know it was <laughs> the porn of peeing on peeing and anime and you fellas know what I'm talking about.
1: Believe it. <laughs> I have no idea. You well, love no, sick corn. Like, no, no. Gary Allen. Well, I love people's just as they are. Yeah. <laughs> hey Gary. Hey <I>, uh <laughs> Notice Gary showed up right when she started talking about corn. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> so now
0: you go and you guys go to do the do the um
4: I show. couldn't believe it when we got it. Like when Carol said, it's looking good that we're going to get it. I had been like, I had had a huge development deal two years in and I turned down the Drew Carey show. You want to talk about making a big mistake? Oh my God. Biggest mistake of my life. Cause I was offered my own show to play a cop. I mean, could you not see me being a cop? Yes. <laughs> on the Hudson. All right, I'll be over there. Yeah, let me get a couple Like, I'm just meant to be a cop. <laughs>
3: I'm
4: obsessed with serial killers, Mark will tell you. We've done some <laughs> rides together listening to rock, rock and serial killers, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so, so,
1: so. Vanessa, uh, for the second person in a week that I've met that's told me they're obsessed with serial killers.
4: Yeah, I don't know what it, well, the good thing about being obsessed with serial killers, if you Not a material you're serial killers, Chances are, I'm not going to go to the supermarket because I don't want to leave my apartment. So that means I'm going to eat light that night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think we drove to Montreal for a gig and we listened to a book about serial killers. And now it's a TV series. The
1: the um, oh yeah yeah they're always on Dr. Oz show
3: yeah, what's
0: the, yeah. The, the the new series in the detectives. Doctor- doctor- Yes, Mind Hunters. We yeah. listen to that book I
4: on love the podcast. Hunter. Yeah, yeah.
2: So good. Kemper.
4: Yeah. <laughs> you talk to them, you say, Yeah, no, I like watching serial killers. I do too. Like, it's just it's scary. It's, we How have mean, the same like
0: lifestyle.
4: It? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what is it that you like about it? Like, what? Just getting ideas. ideas.
4: I'm fat. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> If a relationship doesn't work out, I have choices, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I think it is. I think I've always been fascinated. Like, you know, when you get older or even younger, like I always had a very strong sense of God or Jesus or something was looking after me. I had so many things happen to me that I should have been dead nine times over. So I was always spared. So it always made me try and feel the presence of something divine looking out for me. And then when I would see these shows on serial killers, my faith would get questioned because I couldn't understand how you could do that to a little girl or how someone could be tortured and not get away when they've done nothing wrong. So it was always my, I guess, my fascination with the dark side. And then when they would get away, I'd be so happy. All of a sudden my, so it always was questioning my faith uh, about is God really does exist? And if he does exist, why do these horrible things happen to people that are so innocent that just some little girl, you know, jumping rope and the next thing mm-hmm. she is brutally murdered. So I think that's, I could never understand how that could happen.
1: Have you ever seen the movie about the, the ice man? Yes. Uh, of course. Michael oh, Shannon. Yeah. Uh, Michael Shannon is so amazing in that because the, I kind of understand when they go, Oh, they don't have a conscience. They don't. That's turned off in their brain. They don't know how to love. They don't know how to feel. But he actually felt for his family. Yeah, so he had feelings for certain people, but was able to turn it off. That was so freaky to me. I know. And to play that as an actor had to be immensely difficult.
4: I know. Me. And some woman like Ted Bundy, I think, had a family, right?
1: Yeah. 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 Uh,
0: well, I and I know on the same kind of note on that is we all had a mutual friend John McLaughlin who worked at worked at Stand Up New York. He was a door guy and he was an EMS driver. He worked for New York City EMS. And I used to say, like, how can you do that? Because he would talk about it so matter-of-factly. Right. You'd be talking to him and he's like, Yeah, no matter what people tell you, brain matter will stick to your shoe. I'm like, nobody's ever talked to me about that. I've never once had a conversation about brain matter.
1: Right. And he's
0: like, it's the
1: job. Gary Allen said, I sat across from John Wayne Gacy when I worked in AG office in Chicago. The weird thing about that, Gary, was John Wayne Gacy was like, what the fuck's wrong with you? I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, he said
0: he could turn it off and then he didn't see it as like, a human life, he saw it as like a bag of meat that he had to get out to the, to the, uh, to the truck, you know, because the right. person died. And I'm like, I don't, I don't have that. <laughs> no, I, don't, no. I could never do that.
4: And I actually was in harm's way. I didn't know it. Uh, years ago, I met this guy and he turned out to be a rapist, but he never raped me because I made him laugh. And I wasn't wow. even reading at the time. Oh my and he could something. We were talking and joking, and I remember the East River, and we were—I forgot. Uh, God, I forget Carl or Wayne or something like that. And I remember he picked me up, and he went like this. And this is the East River. This is the water, and he held me over. He held me over the water, and he goes, "I could just drop you." This is how stupid I was. I put my hands around his neck, and I said, "Yeah, but you won't." Wow. And he he told me, and then, um, and then, um, uh, what's her face? Beverly Johnson, that model. You remember the pretty black model? I'm going through like the post or the news, and she has arrested this guy for attempted rape. And I'm like, why is it? Oh my God, that's the guy from a week ago that um,
0: you went on the date with.
4: And I thought, you know what? I'm not going to date for a while. I, am <laughs> I don't have good choices.
1: I, he didn't rape you because you ate his hamburger.
4: I ate his hamburger, yeah. No, he, Craig. That's his name, Craig. Yeah, I ate his hamburger. I sure did. I him, I just to make him laugh. And I'm telling you, I thought to myself, if I was ever in a situation, God forbid, God forbid, that I was in that horrible situation, I would start joking with him. I have been in situations where the guy has locked the door. It's the casting couch thing. Wanted me to have something to drink. Close the door. It's after hours. And because I'm a New York girl, I have eyes in the back of my head. I'm very conscious. And I just started to talk to him about his wife and his kids and his life. I swear, sometimes if you're just human, funny, now, you can, as hard as it is, you can sometimes get out of these situations. Yeah, I'm so glad we're having this conversation with a bunch I of people. I know. Yeah, just, this, this is so fun.
0: It's I, a, I'm taking notes for when we get back to reality and I have to start podcasting in person with Richie again how yeah. to get out of it. <laughs> Connect
2: with him. Oh, I will. Never
4: get in the car. The worst thing anyone can do. when they get you in a car then you're in trouble yeah there's always a moment where you can get away so you can't ever get into a car but this really this really happened when i was a kid my mom wouldn't let me have sugar we haven't even talked about my out my uh, hippie dad with the lsd and my crazy mom he's like can we talk about you like (laughs) this really this really happened this really happened Halloween was like a high holy day for me because my mom wouldn't let me have sugar. Just, you know, tried in gum and cottage cheese and raisins. And I'm like, what's mom? You're just ruining my life doing this to me. Yeah. So anyway, it was Halloween. I'm in Brooklyn. A car is slowly going by. And my and you get trained as a New York City kid. Don't talk to strangers. Don't talk to strangers. Whatever. Don't talk to strangers don't you talk to strangers. So that's why New Yorkers never talk to you. Like if you're like, can you give me that?" Well, you know, we're always like, no, I don't know. I don't know. Get lost. Oh, they're, they're uh, Chinese from China. Yeah. What do you? Yeah. Seven. One black down. Like we're so trained. Just, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, I have no money. I don't money. I don't have. No. Beat it. We're just <laughs> trained because they might stab you. Not that you don't want to be nice. So, the car is going slowly down the street, and this guy rolls down his window and he's like, "Hey, kid, you want some candy?" And I'm like, "Yeah." It's like, "Come on." I'm like, "No." You throw that candy out the window. <laughs>
3: <laughs> You're
2: deals.
4: And he did. He threw it out. Sped off. Yeah. I'm not making
1: this up. What? Because and he actually threw me, it.
4: But I never went in the car.
1: You found oh. the one guy that actually just wanted to give you candy. No,
4: no. <laughs> said, Come on, kid. No, you throw it out the window.
1: Vanessa goes. Show me the candy
0: first.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Show me first. Me later. You got that? Yeah.
0: Does
2: this candy lead to a starring role or not?
4: (laughs) Where did you grow up? I grew up in uh, New York. I grew up in – well, I lived in many different homes. I grew up in Greenwich Village, then Central Park West, and then I ended up – and then Brooklyn – and then I lived in England. Uh, then I lived on a hippie commune in upstate New York. Then I lived in England. Then I moved back to Boston. Then I lived in Rochester. And then I went back to New York and I never left.
1: Interesting. No, I didn't know that. I, yeah, I always thought, I, for some reason, I thought you were from Boston. No. Maybe because your dad was Harvard or whatever, right? Wasn't no, my Harvard. dad was
4: English and he worked with similar. I'm working on a show and this is what the deck is about. You know, this is the show we're producing. My dad was the original. person that gave Timothy Leary his first hit of LSD and Leary got all the credit and my dad got forgotten about as though he never existed.
0: Your dad was Bill Hicks and you're talking about Dennis Leary. Right.
4: Right. Right. That's a good analogy.
1: Now somebody told me
4: that my dad called Divine Rascal. It's all about him. And I helped, I helped the guy write the book. To just make my dad, even when Timothy, this really, when I watched the movie Timothy Leary's dad, I said, I saw it with my, with my writing partner. I'm like, I said, here, Timothy Leary on his deathbed. Can't even give my dad credit. They're like, so who gave you the acid? Oh man, it's a long time ago. Like, what? who wouldn't even give him credit. I'm like, you're dying you're going to have the brain sent into the orbit and you can't even give my dad credit. So it's almost like it's been an albatross around my neck. And it's kind of similar to like when Lucian passed away, I would always show his videos or I'd always try and keep his memory alive. And I always felt like this responsibility, even though Lucian and I did have a lot of problems, the respect I had for him for what he did. And then the understanding when I got to, when I developed all the same problems my father had, when I finally read my dad's book, and I realized how mistreated he was, how his drunk father beat him, how he was not heard, that I was in turn, I was gonna have the same qualities my dad had because I didn't know any better. Like, like, you know, so much of addiction isn't recovery. Addiction, the only, is is pain and wanting connection. And most of the time, if you can find something to connect with, whether it's a person, a place, a thing, something religious or recovery group, it can lift that feeling of wanting to drink. And the saddest thing about my dad is he took about thousands of hits of LSD and guided people through these great trips and was one of the best, Tim Leary called him the greatest trip guide of all time. It eluded him, you know, to find any peace within because he was in so much pain. And um, so drugs can work to help you out a little bit, but you know, in the long run, he would have benefited from a little bit of therapy. And now you know, to get put for 30 years for LSD. Now LSD, microdosing in Silicon Valley, it's all, uh, everyone's trying to do drugs again. And a lot of people with post-traumatic stress disorder are taking MDMA, marriages are coming together because they're getting psychotherapy with these small doses of these hallucinogenics that are never addictive, that are not like opiate abuse, and that have really um, actually helped people. So they had the right drug, but the wrong decade.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I it's it's funny because whenever I've done hallucinogenics, I've always only wanted to do a little bit and then go to a park or go to a museum. But just enough so it opens your eyes to color and the the feeling of what you're doing. I've never been tempted to like, I wanna see a dragon. Like (laughs) I've never had that like want, but I, I I have gone to a lot of museums and Went hiking and just took a real little bit and really yeah. enjoyed it. And like, yeah. it was great. Now I think I'd be too afraid to do it. Yeah, I've never done it.
4: To get me to stay in a museum, I probably would have to do some hallucinogenics because usually I wind up at the gift store. I would go with Lucian. you <laughs> be like, no, I, I want to understand. <laughs> I want to understand abstract art from when he began his first painting at five years old. I'm like, oh, Jesus. I'm like, Lucian, I'm going go to get a scarf. It's Christmas. I'll get some shit for that. See ya. And then I'd come back in an hour. you would still have the headset on. Oh, this is remarkable how Mondrian started with this. And I'm like, <laughs> gotten better. It's like with Shakespeare. I was, I was trained to be a Shakespearean actress. And then when I got older, I'm like, does he have to take so long to say something? Can he just speed it up a little bit? Like, <laughs> Get so to the point, Bill. Yeah, it's fucking all right already. So, you know, Tiberius, my lord, will conduct you thither. The tidings have come. I have seen that. I'm like, speed this fucking play up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you should teach You should teach Shakespeare. Yeah. telling the actors just
2: get to the fucking point the point
4: is the course coming okay Tiberius Agamemnon come on let's go
2: (laughs) what I find super interesting too so now when you made that transition over to England like the whole connection between like your dad and Paul McCartney did you have like a lot of people out there that you knew already like when you went over there for the second time when you got into comedy and started performing like since you were raised out there did you have like a Almost no, like- I
4: only lived there. I was separated from my dad when I was um one, and then I took LSD by accident at Milbrook Mansion with him and Leary at five. And then from five yeah. until 11, I didn't see him again. And then I moved to England after I finished high school. I went to a, I finished high school when I was 14 and a half years old, and then I went back to England with oh. him. And then at 16, I went back to New York. I went to Rochester. I got a job as a dishwasher. And then I got accepted at Lee Strasberg Theatrical Institute at 18. And basically, from 18 on, I never wanted to leave New York City for large amounts of time because I was always, I, I always got shuffled around so many places. Wow. So I learned theater in England, but I remember going to, it was very cheap. So my dad would say, listen, we're going to see Henry. They've got the three Hendries. I'm like, oh. <laughs> 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 but, You know, I loved my dad. I wanted to see him, you know.
1: Can't we just see two of them? Do we have to yeah, see three?
4: Yeah, they've got to spend. We're going to see Henry the fourth, fifth, and the sixth. It's lovely It's by Shakespeare. And I'm like, all right, and I'd be sitting there like, when is this thing a-? And then the English actors were hysterical. They'd be doing their part, and they'd be like, um, no, I will conduct you thither. There seems to be such remnants of the coxcomb. And the- line?
3: Line. <laughs>
4: someone, like, reading, like, I was like, what the? F-? Don't, they don't know their lines. If, you know, it's like, no, this is acceptable. I mean, when you, you need your line. Now, at least American actors, they would come up with something. You know, if you had Dustin Hoffman doing Shakespeare, like, yeah, and uh, you know, Tiberius was supposed to meet me, and um, didn't work out. You know, he was just, <laughs> he he would just improvise, they would never go, a line, no, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. Well, you went over to England, you studied, and then you came back to New York. And you, you glossed over this whole like thing where you actually said that you had a dishwashing job.
4: Oh, I had a dishwashing this thing. job. I was so shy. I went back to my I went back to Boston. My dad said, The world is your oyster, anything is possible. There I was with cowboy boots, a pair of jeans, 16 years old, couldn't get a job, and I was so shy. I've got to say you're looking for a you looking for a waitress. No, <laughs> And I would just start crying and eating. <laughs> Cry and eating. I smoked, I cried and I ate. That's all I did. And I started to, well, I, I I gained almost, I weighed almost 170 pounds. So now everything was a little bit tight. I was getting depressed. I hated myself. Then I added pot, which makes you more hungry. So, and then my friend Estelin said, you know, Vanessa, when you do characters, you just disappear. Why don't you ask for a job as a waitress with a British accent? So there was the Big Apple Cafe in Rochester, New York, and um, I said, "Listen, are you hiring any um, waitresses? I just got I'm uh, English and I just and I had two passports because my dad was British. You know, I'm looking for a job, and um, I really like to work. And they said, "No, no, we're not looking for any waitresses, but uh, we need a di- you know we need a dishwasher." And I'm like, "I'll take it, but so I will, I'll do it." And <laughs> so for eight hours a day. I was talking with a British accent. And then I go back with Estelin and talk with a regular accent. And Estelin is like, just tell them the truth. Just tell them, listen. So tried, <laughs> hired me. I said, no, I can't do that. I can't. No, my pride. I can't. No. <laughs> so for eight hours, you're going to talk with a British accent. Like, yeah, I will. So I'd be like, yeah, all right, lovely. And i get to come back to Estelin. I'm like, oh my God, what a day. And then I'd be like, all right, you're British, you're British, okay. Yeah, no, all right, yeah, clean the pots, it. yeah, you know. So that was my life. (laughs) When I told my dad, hoping he'd feel sorry for me, he couldn't stop laughing. He's like, (laughs) (laughs) Vanessa, this is probably the greatest acting experience you can imagine. I'm like, Dad, I uh, barely have a pot to piss in. And I was always eating the roommate's food. There was this woman, her name was uh, Yen, and she was Vietnamese, skinny, and I couldn't stand the smell of food. When you work as a dishwasher and all you're smelling is crepes, you can't eat anything at the restaurant. So Yen made this tomato sauce with sausage, and before I'd go on my shift and before she'd go to work, I would replace anything so I had to replace, I ate her, I came back at like 11 at night, I ate her sausage. And the next morning I had to replace it for her to have dinner when I'd be at work and they didn't have sausage. So I got hot dogs, right? And I put the hot dogs in instead of the sausage. <laughs> <laughs> and without missing a beat, she's like, she's like, this is so, this is so strange. I, I made tomato sauce in <laughs> this sausage. Tastes like hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> and I said to her, "I said, you know what? Sometimes that happens with American meat. It just." <laughs> like- <laughs> 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 well,
1: what me? Mark, I'll tell you what we learned today: Vanessa eating other people's food.
4: Oh, I did that with Lucian. We had a whole box of, ch- of chocolate from God- Godiva, and I wanted all of them. So I took a, <laughs> I took a razor, and I cut all the backs off of the chocolates, and I ate all of them, all the backs off, so I could taste every one of them with kind of having, like, two chocolates. So he's like, oh, well, I think I'll have some of this Godiva chocolate. And he goes, this, oh, this is strange. It doesn't have a back. And <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, and I said, you know what? European chocolate, a dive of European chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you're changing
0: the food industry with your with your sneaking so everyone.
4: Comes it comes like that, you know, because it's European. It, yeah. And yeah. they couldn't. He's like, oh, oh no, you did this. <laughs> you did this. <laughs> this is it's ingenious. <laughs> but, yeah, we <laughs> just started laughing. I mean, I started laughing, but yeah, no.
2: no it's true. It's true. <laughs> it is ingenious. I hate that we, we got we gotta start rapping now, but this yeah. is so good. We need but to have to, you on more.
1: Please come. We barely scratched the surface here. I gotta tell you, you might have been the best guest we've ever had. <laughs> no, yeah. So no. Oh,
4: so oh, how shy was I? he will attest to it. When I had to do that thing, you invited me, it was all guys. And I was like, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, right. The- as shy as can be.
2: No, you uh, were great right? on there too. Yeah, <laughs> and everyone
4: was trying to engage me. So uh, that English guy I was like, Oh, he's English. And you, I mean, everyone was so friendly and I couldn't, you like, were,
0: you were, you were, uh, out of character. yeah, you were out of care. You were still very funny, and anybody who doesn't know you would go, She was wonderful, but you know, anybody who knows you goes, Usually, yeah, Vanessa would have done like five characters, and then, right,
4: right. <laughs> I mean, this, I'm telling you, I hate doing podcasts. This has had to be the best podcast I ever did, uh, and I mean that, I, I mean know. that, like, you guys <laughs> relax me. It was so wonderful. You're all wonderful. And um, I, I can't thank you enough. So
1: uh, we loved having you. Next week, we have Greg Morton, which is going to be a great show.
4: Yeah. Oh, my yes. God. it great. And the week
1: after that is Lisa Lampinelli. So we have some. Uh, we and got
4: couple- Lisa. Wow. Yeah. And she's like a string bean now, right?
1: Yeah. 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 But Vanessa, you were wonderful. We got to, I mean, you guys want to get us out. We got to go to Frank's show, right?
2: Well, we, we got a couple minutes. I just want Vanessa to plug anything that she has to plug coming up. And, as well. and,
1: yeah. And if, right. Go ahead. Plug. The
4: only thing I want to plug is I've got a couple openings for my uh, comedy workshop. If anyone wants to take my comedy workshop, <laughs> certainly don't leave any food out by me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Even virtually,
0: <laughs> she'll steal your food.
4: I love that. <laughs> um, So, but I, I've got like three, and one of them, and it's all different ages, all different levels, clean, dirty, whatever you find interesting. And it's going to be. Well, I still have a, two openings on the Wednesday class either two to four or six eight, or seven to nine thirty. Uh, seven to nine on Wednesday. And it starts April 7th. So if anyone's interested,
2: where do we find it?
4: Um, just go on, if you just message, message me on Facebook, I'll pass you right along to Heather Learman, uh, or Heather Learman, uh, SOS Comedy, and she'll take care of it. Or you just call uh, contact me directly. And uh, that's like the n- the next thing I'm doing, and I always whatever I do, just want to keep doing a-, a Monday night comedy class, no matter what happens in my life. And hopefully, um, I don't know when I'm going to be at Governor's next, but um, I wish I had a date because then I would would promote that. So that's what, it right now.
2: What's your social media so everybody can find you on social media if they haven't um, if they so don't I have you already?
4: You really can figure it out. Okay, uh, Vanessa Holling said it. Um, Facebook instagram i can't even remember i think it's vanessa 1660. um and governors just left me a voicemail so just tell them I, i'll put up all my i'll put up all my social media for the shows i'm doing probably the next one will be governors that's going to be opening stand up new york i don't know when new york comedy club i don't know when you find out later on so but <laughs> vanessa holling said a facebook is the best way to get a hold of me so
1: perfect yeah hey. Well,
2: you were great. We didn't even do a joke or any of that. No,
1: I had so much.
2: You guys want to close on a joke each? That uh, would be cool.
1: Joke you want to tell, and we'll go out on it. Hey, Vanessa, when we're done, stay on. Uh, don't leave. I want to tell you something backstage. Oh, okay. Okay, but
4: of, okay. Well, this is the joke I do with the uh, with the COVID thing. I'm like, I mean, with the Zoom, <clears throat> and it's it's more of like a like I, I hated doing the Zoom, but it's like, you ever. You know when you're at a meeting with people on Zoom, and then they pick up their, you know, they pick, they, they're talking. And you're like, yeah, yeah, no, that sounds really good with the, with the, with the meetings. Yeah, with the, you know, what's going on. And it's like, you feel, why do I feel like I'm in some bad, you know, NYU student horror film? You know, someone <laughs> <laughs> at the door. Wait, wait, no, there's something, please. You know, so that was my. That was my little, little, you know, I, guess I get to use my acting. Um,
1: and it's so true. I mean, that's so- it's, so true. it's
4: like, do you need, can you just be a little bit, you know, focused on your, either do meditation or medication? Because they think that they're really being there. Like, yeah, no, I really hear what you're saying. Yeah, no, that sounds great. Okay, well, <laughs> so we're going to make sure that we're going to make this happen. Yeah, I won't over that. And like, why do I feel like, I'm, I feel like I'm in the Blair Witch Project, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Got to get your steps in.
4: Yeah,
1: I gotta get my touch right. So. <laughs> and I'll, uh Richie, what are you drinking? I'm drinking I'm i I'm on the wagon, Diet Coke. Still on the wagon I'll with- well, go off on Saturday, but I had planned to.
4: I have coffee and my colonoscopy tomorrow. <laughs> Don't know if i chilling.
0: I need to get some of that for my older son, some of that juice. <laughs> I, so I- My drink was themed today because I knew Vanessa was coming on. I got coffee and seltzer.
4: Oh, perfect. I did
0: the the Vanessa Hollingshead. uh...
4: Mark knows me. Coffee and seltzer. I'll never forget being with Sharon in Montreal and having a cup of coffee. Sharon says, what do you want to do? And I said, "We just go get some more coffee. She's like, you got a coffee. I'm like, I know, but this will be done and I want another one.
1: So. <laughs> I love it. Please come back. We really want you to come back.
4: I would love to. You I had such so a good funny. time.
1: You were so funny and we I mean like a, I barely touched the surface of things I wanted to talk about with you. So um that hopefully we'll see you in the, in clubs now.
4: Yeah, hopefully, yeah. And I'll let, if I'm a governor's Richie, I'm going to let you know and maybe you Do yeah, you know I'll James? Do you know James?
1: Sure, very well. Yeah, oh, okay,
4: yeah. okay. I'll let you know because they she just yeah. Let me know.
3: I'll
0: stop by. Yeah, okay.
4: yeah.
0: Definitely. Excellent. Well, that was drinks, jokes, and storytelling. Thanks. Okay. And I'll stay
4: backstage, right, Richie? Yeah. You want me to? Yep. Oh. Okay. Good
0: night. Uh-